all these marketing and getting sales it's a skill it's not a it's not just some talent people just get um it's a skill and so with it being a skill anyone can obtain it anyone can learn it and anyone can apply it so as long as you keep doing it consistently you'll be able to obtain that skill and you'll be able to slowly build the the the, the lifestyle that you envision that you want to live you're listening to ecomonics a debutify podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Welcome to Ecomonics. Good to have you here. You're about to listen to the first of many, many interviews on this show. For our first interview episode, we decided to start with one of the minds who brought you to Beautify as you know it, Ricky Hayes. It's someone had to do with making sure all the recording software works, but it was 95% we felt he was the best place to start. In this episode, you'll get to know more about what drives him, what makes Debutify so significant, and what mindset you might want to adopt in the pursuit of lasting success. We don't waste any time in the interview getting to the good stuff, so let's adopt that principle here and hop in. Good to have you here, Ricky. We've got a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs out there, and I want to show them how much we value their time, so let's get right into the good stuff. What is Debutify, and why should I have signed up five minutes ago? Uh, Debutify is a Shopify e-commerce theme specifically uh, designed for Shopify. That is to help uh, dropshippers, brand store owners, one product stores, uh, print on demand stores, any type of store realistically to build a high converting store. Because in order to scale your business, you need to effectively be able to uh, get as many sales as possible and increase your conversion rate. Debutify sort of steps in to sort of help facilitate that problem because uh, otherwise you normally need a number of apps to have to try and fill that gap, whereas Debutify is an all-in-one solution where basically it is just a theme plus a heap of apps all embedded into it that's designed to be quick, easy, fast, and uh, really make your store get a lot more sales and allow you to scale your business qu quite easily. And the best part is, you know, it, uh, it really only takes a couple of minutes to get set up. So at the end of the day, your website's done, and then you can focus on your marketing, and that's the goal of Debutify. Now, would you say that the marketing is one of the major components that separates it from the competition? Or what do you think it really gives Debutify the edge compared to a lot of the other uh, apps and services out there? Because there are quite a few. Yeah. So from my perspective, I would say that is definitely the um, actual speed of it. Speed of a, uh, of a theme is very, very important because most of the buyers in the e-commerce space uh, buy on mobile, so it has to be very mobile optimized um, and very, very fast for mobile. So that would be one of the biggest things, as well as the fact that when it comes to building websites, a lot of people aren't fully aware how to do it. So with our solution, we have it all sort of in one where uh, it's all sort of there pretty much uh, copy-paste for you. It's all pretty much plug-and-play and set up. And if you have any problems, the thing I love the most is we've set up a really strong support channel. So if you have any problems, our support team will always be there for you. And, and I think that's really important because if you don't have that support, um, I know as someone, if I didn't have that support to be able to help me 
build my website, I, I just wouldn't be able to do it effectively and I'd probably just stop right then and there. So to me, those are the biggest things and most important things. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I was uh, As I'm going through uh, this learning process, one of the things I'm doing is I'm setting up a, a store uh, through to Beautify. And so each time I would go to a different page, there would be a message that would pop up from one of the customer service agents. Now, I assume that they're not sitting there ready to type as soon as somebody uh, enters in, but it is still really good to see that they understand what might be going through somebody's mind as soon as they uh, uh, enter each page. Um, I don't know if you get the stats on this, but have you noticed uh, any major trends in the kinds of people that are that you're working with? Is it like a lot of drop shippers? Have you gotten uh, many people who are manufacturing a product on their own and then selling through uh, Shopify slash Debutify? Yeah, so the majority of our customer base are uh, dropshippers, um, generally then followed by brand store owners, and then uh, those a number of those brand store owners would have and do have their own custom-labeled manufactured products. Uh, that is a more small minority of our overall um, overall audience. Most of them, as I said, are the overall dropshippers, but an, uh, a good number of them also are building their own products and their own brands from scratch using the Debutify, uh, Debutify theme as their basis. But uh, have you done any uh, brand store earnings on your own or have you largely been a, a dropshipper? For one of the things I've been very passionate about and part, part of the reason that I built Debutify is, is that uh, to me, building a brand is always the goal in any business and uh and that obviously very much goes for e-commerce as well so for me i've always very much i started out like a lot of people doing drop shipping but i personally have never been um in agreement with the model especially as a long-term sustainable model because you know you in order to really satisfy a customer you can't get them to wait three four five six seven weeks for an item to be delivered to them. Um, I've never been in, in agreement with that. So to me, I've always focused my stores on on building a brand. To me, building a brand is more just having uh, good customer service, good product, and good shipping. Those are the, the, the core three fundamentals, and that's where I've always personally focused on my own stores. And that's part of the reason that with Debutify, we have all those tools and resources so that people can try and achieve that themselves um, as well. Um, and because a lot of our audience are, are beginner to intermediate and advanced, giving them those tools allows them to, to basically skip what I had to go through initially and more from the beginning build a brand that's really going to actually create long-term sustainable income for the business owner. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I can tell you as somebody who's done a lot of online shopping um, and this pre-lockdown, by the way, is that I have experienced every possible kind of uh, order turnaround. I've had stuff show up a day after I ordered, and I was uh, quite surprised about that. Uh, this one product I ordered, it was called a hands-free bracket, and it never showed up. I, I checked the tracking for it, and it ended up getting delivered to somebody in Quebec. And then I go to the website to let them know, and the website went down. So there is a pretty uh, disparate there's, there's a lot of different reactions, a lot of different results I can get from uh, ordering things online. Well, it's it's shipping. Um, it's a really interesting thing. Like, you know, Amazon and Jeff Bezos, that's why they're so passionate about that um, one-day shipping because it is statistically proven that the faster someone gets an item, the more happy they're going to be, the more likely they are to buy from you mm -hmm. again. So, you know, and uh, to me, that is is a very important 
fundamental. And as someone as myself that buys a lot online too, the sooner I get an item, the happier I am because who wants to wait months potentially for an item? You'll forget about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind. I don't mind like a little bit of anticipation just to build excitement. But for the most part, I order stuff that I need, and when I get get it going right away. So, what would a what was the design process for Debutify? How did this idea start? And uh, let's go through the process of starting to realization. Yeah, so with Debutify, um, I actually approached my current business partner about it, who had initially designed Debutify, and and uh, I, I really loved it. So I wasn't the original original creator. I just worked on it a lot more to improve it. So I can't be a hundred percent saying that I'm the sole creator of it. Um, but in relation to it, though, um, so it, it came about from the fact that. Uh, my business partner actually um, approached me to do a shout out for it um, as an influencer myself. And I had a look and I really liked it. It resonated with me. I've always been very interested in software as a service, as a, as a business model. I've been, you know, traditionally doing e-commerce. Um, it was my main income, but I always love software as a service because of the, the scalability. You know, I can scale anywhere in the world. I don't have to worry about logistics. And I saw this as a fantastic solution as an e-commerce store owner. I always knew that one of the pains was trying to set up a, a high converting store uh, quickly and easily, um, but it would end up taking me so many hours. You have all these integration problems, all, and it, and it's just an ongoing thing. And it just really annoys me as a um, as a business owner. In my opinion, the fewer problems you have to worry about, the more you can just grow your business rather than having to do all these hot fixes all the time. So when I when I found out about uh, about Debutify, I had a closer look into it and tested it myself. I, I really fell in love with the model. It basically just, you know, had a, a, a lovely base theme and then had add-ons in, integrated within it that basically allow you to, um, without having to get third-party apps, have it all embedded within the theme. And I just saw it as a uh, a fantastic uh, business model that was highly scalable um, that I could definitely uh, market and sell to uh, an audience of people that would be very interested in it because I knew myself that this was a fantastic thing and I knew that many others would love it themselves because many struggle with this. And uh, so I really wanted to present that to help them so that because to me, when I first started out in e-commerce, I spent months building my first store and I, and I learned a lot from it, but it was a complete waste of time uh, in the sense that the most important part of building a business is not having the perfect website. It's getting eyeballs to the website. You don't, your website comes secondary, your marketing is first. So I, as a business owner, um, I want to build a high converting store quickly and easily and know that I can do it quickly and easily time and time again. Um, so that I can purely focus on getting my product out there and getting eyeballs onto it and start getting sales. And that's why uh, that's where it all sort of came to fruition. And then pretty much uh, there was a, a lot of gaps in the in the actual theme that I, from my experience, really wanted to have further uh, integrated into it to further help boost conversions and and help people to save money as well by not having to use a lot of third-party apps. And so that's sort of where it sort of... Um, all started when I um, started working uh, as the, the co-founder of Debutify to where it is today. Mm -hmm. 
Well, one thing I wanted to zero in on that you mentioned about solving uh, problems for uh, entrepreneurs and uh, e-commerce and dropshippers is that I don't think we want to live a life where we don't have problems to solve, but I think it's a matter of we want to solve the problems that we want to deal with, you know, as opposed to having to do uh, intensive uh, labor and have to uh, waste all this time on something we don't really care so much about. Um, like what are, what problems do you enjoy solving uh, when it comes to uh, business? Uh, monetary problems. <laughs> no, but like uh, what I mean by that is for me, uh, I enjoy um, solving f um, the marketing problems. Okay. Um, to one thing I've learned through my years of being doing this is that marketing is the key. And um, as you said yourself, basically being a business owner in e-commerce, it's just a matter of uh, time, consistency, money, and problem solving. And uh, the reality is I just don't want to focus on having a website where I'm going to have a million different issues from all these third-party apps. I just want to have something that I know is working that's going to do the job so that um, I eliminate that as a possible chink in my chain so that I can focus more on the problem solving at the marketing level. Because, you know, for me, it, it's far more worthwhile for me to be spending a lot more of my time and energy um, on uh, different creatives, different marketing strategies to scale my overall marketing campaigns profitably and get sales through my website than it is for me to spend hours a day on my website trying to make it perfect. So the most important thing to me is always about making my marketing ad spend, whether it's through Facebook, Google, YouTube, Bing, so on and so forth, uh, make me as much money as possible through those marketing mediums. So what I was doing was I was going through the website and I wanted to put myself in the position of somebody who might use it, uh, which ended up not being a hypothetical because now I am. But there are going to be some natural obstacles people are going to go up against in the short term and the long term. So what do you think people are going to be facing once they get started? On their website? Was that your question? Pardon me? Um, uh, well, not the website because uh, we're here to make, make the website part of it easy. But yeah, in general, what sort of obstacles are people going to be uh, going up against? Oh, there's a lot. And that's the fun thing. Uh with building a business, um, you know, so straight out the gate, the first problem you're going to have is getting sales, okay? I still remember my first sale. It is like a, a dream come true. The reality become like it becomes not just fiction. It becomes an actual reality um, that you can actually live consistently. Um, so that's sort of your first mm -hmm. problem. Um, the the problems range from anything and everything. In, in the business world, you're always going to be uh, pushed. Your boundaries are always going to be pushed. And so, for instance, every day is different. You're going to have issues from logistics. You're going to have a, a day where you're going to potentially get the worst customer you've ever had. You might have the best customer you've ever had. Um, you um, staff. If you have staff, your staff might, um, you know, something might happen in their lives. They might not be able to work and you might have to fill in the gaps yourself or find someone else. Um, your marketing, one of your ad accounts might have issues or um, one of your, you might be massively overspending. You might have uh, financial problems. Um, then you might have taxation, legal, legal problems. The, the list sort of goes on, um, on and on. And, and that's one of the things that I actually very much enjoy uh, about business as a whole and especially e-commerce is all the problems it presents 
Um, every one of these problems can be fixed. It's just a matter of approaching it in how to fix it and, uh, you know, n- not trying to avoid it, just trying to tackle it straight on, um, learning from it um, and uh, consistently applying that every day. And for me, I personally find that by doing that, it just every day it becomes easier and easier and easier. I'm always going to ha- find problems that are going to challenge me, but as a whole, it becomes easier because of my past knowledge and experience. So, um, you know, the, the, the thing that I see most people have is obviously sales, getting consistent sales, being profitable sales, scaling their business, payment processor issues, chargebacks, refunds, returns, exchanges, um, just in terms of that, the customer service, in terms of all the questions you get about your products. Just right now, like every e-commerce business, whether people realize it or not, you know, COVID for every, especially uh, e-commerce and retail business, is causing huge logistical uh, nightmares. And, and that usually translates to uh, a huge amount more demand on customer service to make sure that your customers are always answered. So, uh, so that means that we have to take action like being br- very proactive with customers and advising them that that there is going to be delays. That you are going to order this, and there's going to be expected delays, and um, mm-hmm. and supporting them through that journey as well as an example. Yeah, I mean, but just uh, touching on COVID uh, very briefly, and I'm hoping that we, you know, by like interview seven, we won't have to talk about COVID anymore. But <laughs> 14 days of flatten the curve. Uh, I, I think to some extent, people get that with the the, the coronavirus, this is. It, there is a mass slowdown, so I so I think people are going to be a, they should be a little bit more patient. But you know, generally most people are. But the the, the sky is the limit when it comes to customers. At the end of the day, um, some customers, most ninety nine percent of customers will be very understanding. I mean, you know, it's out of our control. It's just, I understand, but every now and again, you are going to get someone where whatever the reason he or she will have unrealistic expectations in their mind um, and you can't control that. So it's, it's just always that anomaly in business um, and it's it's just about how you handle that. That's the important thing from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one thing I was uh, relating to is you mentioned uh, how good it felt to get, you know, your first e-commerce sale and I, I don't I don't exactly have that, that yet to my credit, but when I started freelancing, uh, it was the first time I decided I was just going to be my own boss. And you know, I had to, to to get paid by my first client. I had to take a trip all the way downtown. It took me an hour and a half, caught up on the streetcar, and he pulls out a wad of cash out of the ATM and gives it to me. <laughs> it's the most like ghetto way to get paid. But I said, yeah, I did it. It's mine. It's mine now. Uh, what was what was the first sale you had on, uh, on e-commerce? Uh, the first sale I had was I... Um, so I had an old store. My, this store took me months. It was called the Everyday Diary. Um, I, for some reason, my first store thought, oh, I'm going to make a stationary store selling pencils and diaries. And I thought, what an ingenious idea. No one's doing this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was a bit naive, but part of the fun. No, I'm, I'm laughing because that was one of my ideas. Ah, yeah, well, uh, probably steer clear. Anyway, but um, um uh, my first sale was an actual diary, and I remember it, it was this. Um, the thing that made the diary unique was it was just a small hand hand diary that's quite portable, and it had a, a nice um, graphic on the front of it of a of a panda eating, you know, some bamboo. And um, 
when I got that sale, I think I sold it for, I think it was $20, $19.99. I can't fully remember. And, uh, you know, I was ecstatic that someone actually purchased it. Now, on that store, that was the only purchase I got before I shut it down. But um, it was it was uh, something that really sort of changed my perspective that I can actually make this a reality. Someone out there is actually interested enough into buying my actual product. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, uh, that's awesome. You also mentioned that as you as you go and as you're uh, I'm not exactly sure how to characterize this, but as you uh, as you advance through your your career, you are facing new challenges. What are like some of the newer problems that you had to solve once you've reached the point that you've uh, that you've reached more lately? For e-commerce specifically? Yeah. Yeah, so the the biggest problem like honestly for me right now is logistics. Um that that is entirely my problem. I have a, a number of products that I'm waiting to to scale quite a, quite aggressively that I'm very confident I can scale uh very easily in fact, but my problem is logistics, um getting it into warehouses. So um our prim- my primary markets I market to being United States, Australia, Canada and United Kingdom. The you know the stock has been purchased. The stock has been created. Uh, the problem is obviously getting it into the warehouse, which you know to just to get it to America via um, by via sea freight takes a month alone. Then through customs, it takes uh, upwards of a week, and then it can take another week or to two weeks just to even get it into the warehouse. So you know you're looking at it like a a two month period and. Um, so my actual biggest focus right now is more running the businesses in a hibernation state purely for the fact of uh for the sole objective of Q- of Q4 um so so that obviously you know sales are going to dramatically increase then so that's sort of been my primary focus and that's sort of my biggest challenge right now so in addition to debutify you're also a youtuber you're a mentor you're uh, an e-commerce expert. Uh, do you do investing as well? That wasn't really like the main question, but are you an investor as well? Uh, yeah, in the share market, correct. Okay. So I uh, invest in shares. I'm more a long-term trader personally. Um, I I wouldn't call myself uh, an absolute expert. I do very much enjoy following it every single day. Um, for, for those that wonder what type of shares that I would be interested in, uh, being someone that I've always loved technology, I actually, my career was orientated around being in the technology field. Uh, a lot of my shares are um, actually doing quite well, funnily enough, because obviously technology is doing very well because of the, the COVID situation. And I've invested most mm-hmm. of my uh, most of my portfolio into that type of strategy. So, Onto the the main brunt of this uh, two part question is that is there any uh, from that list did I miss anything like is there anything else that you get involved in that uh, I, I couldn't find through my research? Uh, no, that that's pretty much it. Yeah, so I do um, I do offer uh, mentoring to people. I uh, sell my course, have a YouTube channel. I have my website, which you know just basically offers free resources, um, and then I have my e commerce businesses. And also, I do have a digital marketing agency, so that was probably the one that was overlooked there. So, um, oh. for for specific businesses, I uh, have built a team where we um, help people that have e-commerce businesses because that's our speciality. Um, run their Facebook ads, Google ads, Bing ads, YouTube ads, predominantly, and help them 
uh, further optimize the back end, like their, their actual store to further increase their sales volume. So we only work uh, with specific clients that have an established brand. I don't really work with, let's say, um, with someone that's completely new to the business because I can't really help grow your business if you don't have an already established business. So that's sort of uh, one of the other projects that's yeah. being scaled up currently as well. Yeah, and also creatively too, is that you don't want to tell them what their voice is. They need to find their own voice themselves and then you can help to uh, enhance that voice. That's correct, exactly. Yeah. So wh what are your goals on a week-to-week -week basis and what's your uh, five to 10-year window looking like? That's a great, great question. I know the five to 10-year one, my week-to-week -week basis is uh, uh, basically just doing whatever needs to be done at this stage to to get the businesses to where I want it to be because because I'm very much uh, a very long-term thinker. I don't really think about the week-to-week -week personally all that much. I just, uh, Obviously, like anyone I do to some extent, my week-to-week -week would be more about um, what staff do I need to fill what roles, um, what, what budget do I want to apply to what marketing channels, um, how much do I want to be spending on stock to replenish stock, um, those are sort of the more week-to-week -week administrative tasks. But my five- to ten-year goal is that personally, I, I don't know why, but I've always been very fixated on this. Um, my goal is in five to ten years that I want to have 15 companies. So I don't know why I have a very ambitious goal like that, but I just really do. And I know I can make it happen. A lot of people think that I wouldn't be able to, but uh, it's actually a challenge of mine to prove them wrong because I'm so confident that I can. And it's just a matter of time. So my goal initially is to build two companies every six, uh, sorry, 12 months. So a company every six months on average, build it, grow it, scale it, get the team in place, um, continue scaling it, manage it day to day, and then uh, build another company and keep repeating that process. So my goal over the next five to 10 years is, is a very uh, very high risk but high reward strategy because I know I have the skills and capacity and mindset to do it is to uh, consistently reinvest into multiple companies and build them from scratch and uh, build great teams, great processes, provide a great experience for customers around the world. And that sort of ties into my long-term vision that I very much enjoy being being a boss in that regard and having multiple income sources that I have direct control over myself. Uh, that does mean that there's a lot more responsibility and, and expectation there, but that's why I take a very high risk approach of that my goal is to ensure that the business operates consistently is through a lot of reinvestment into staff, marketing, systems, automations to make it so that the company will always run regardless of my contribution um, at any point in time. So uh, any particular reason why it was 15 just seemed like a... It's a good go number, isn't it? I like it. It's just a good number. I don't know why. I'm a 17er. Like I'm born on the 17th and I keep seeing that number pop up. Like if they're 17 on the lottery, I go buy a lottery ticket. Ah, okay. so, no, sometimes sometimes we're just drawn to certain numbers. Uh, I I just like that uh, as, a, as a round number. Personally, 
uh, I would expect that if, if I hit that goal of 15, I'll probably say I want 30 companies or something. Um, and one could easily argue and say to me that I'd be stretching myself too thin, but when you don't have much of a life and all you do is work, <laughs> I would argue that very differently. Well, I mean, if uh, uh, running a bunch of companies and, uh, and making good money is, doesn't characterize as having a life, then I don't want to know what the other form of it is. Let's get into this uh, next uh, bad boy here. So you, uh, when you brought me on, you took me through the uh, your university course. And my initial impression of you was that this was someone who had been at this basically for a lifetime. Uh, and I don't think that's the case. I th- uh, if I understand this, you, you've been at it for a little while, but you haven't been at it for as long as somebody might think. So when did you get interested into this and what were you doing uh, prior to this? Yeah, it's a and I mean e-commerce in general. So, firstly, I'm flattered. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, secondly, no secondly, uh, it's actually been I've been doing this for just collectively from when I first started to get even the idea of trying to build my own business uh, was three years ago, just over three years ago. Um, and uh, prior to that, I was um, just your standard uh, worker in in an office. Um, I worked in. Uh, information technology. So I come from a very tech-orientated background and I was more in the help desk support. So I did a lot of troubleshooting and stuff. So that's why that's why uh, sort of the business world really tied in well because I was already very used to troubleshooting um, and especially technology. And so it just sort of molded into uh, a very strong skill set that I had already built over many years. And uh, how it all actually came to fruition was I was um, in my previous um, employment, one of my colleagues had uh, resigned, found another position, and naturally we had a uh, a going away party um, or whatever you call it. Now, I'm not by any means a social person. I was actually very hesitant to going to this because I personally wanted to play my console, but I decided to go nonetheless. And... Uh, one of my other colleagues, who I'm still friends with to this day and speak to regularly, uh, we're just sitting beside each other and it was about 11 o'clock at night, you know, just having a nice drink around a fire. And uh, just I just posed the question to him, so, you know, like, what, what's your ambition outside of our current uh, current department? And he just told me, look, man, you know, my ambition is that I want to make money online. And to me, that whole concept seemed so foreign, so so uh, fictional. It just seemed so unattainable. I just I've been brought up. Uh, my parents had brought me up about that. You know, you become an adult, you get a good education, and then you work, you get a job, so on and so forth. You sort of get the frame and the picture. And uh, but this really fascinated me because I knew a lot of people were making money online. I just had no idea how. So uh, he actually started with what was called Merch by Amazon, which is basically print-on-demand through Amazon service. And uh, it really gra- captured me and, and I listened to, a, funnily enough, I listened to a number of podcasts myself and uh, to learn all about this and tried a number of things. And, and that's sort of where it all started and it sort of fueled a fire within me uh, that I just absolutely loved learning all about this and uh, all about the business world, and uh, it all sort of started from there. It took me, it took me twelve months after which, uh, before I um, actually uh, 
was it 12 months? Yeah, 12 months before I resigned from my position where I had uh, what I defined as a form of stability where I could comfortably leave my position and pursue e-commerce full time to be able to be sustainable because um, I didn't want to leave my job uh, straight away. Um, I I wanted to make sure that I knew that this was going to be a tough thing, that there's going to be a lot of unexpected turns, twists and things that happen, taxations. It's going to be more expensive than I thought. And I was very glad I did. Um, It was very challenging 12 months where I was working working a full-time position, plus I was working at least eight hours every day at home. So part of what you said about like where my lifetime of knowledge has come from is for the last pretty much two and a half to three years. Um, it's only recent that I've sort of changed that. Um, I've typically worked about 15 to 18 hours every day. Uh, and that's partly because I just love it so much. And so I've just sort of, uh, I guess, accelerated my my knowledge in, in this space from that naturally. I'm just going to uh, skip ahead because uh, you transitioned pretty perfectly to question nine, but I've got seven and eight still uh, in the chamber. So when I was going through a university course, I did spot your um, you know, your your Blizzard uh, account and uh, some other like some of your hobbies. Uh, have you managed to balance your time for activity? Like, how have you been throughout the course of your week? Do you, have you found uh, enough uh, ample time for downtime? Yeah, I have now. Um, after two and a half years, two and a half years it took me collectively. If I were to sum up my whole journey, it took me two and a half years. Now I know a number of people have probably done it in in a fraction of that time, and maybe they're much better than me. I don't know, but um, uh, it's only been the last six months that that's actively changed, and that's from uh, a big shift in mindset where I forced myself, where uh, for a long period of time. I was making a lot more money than I am now, but now I make—I don't make as much, but I have more time. So it's—it's it's a, and I know that that will change again over time as I start to scale the businesses more. That uh, that that will change again, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in the last six months, it's changed quite a lot. Where you know I've gone from eighteen hours a day to probably. 10 hours, you know, I still, I just love to work truthfully. Um, I'm a workaholic, so I'll always work. But uh, now I have a lot more balance where I can, I mean, I would socialize with my friends, but obviously I can't visit them. We're in lockdown here. But like the, um, I can play more computer games. So like what you said with Blizzard, I, I'm, I'm a computer gamer. I play console games. I spend time with my wife watching shows. We go for walks and stuff. So it, it collectively in my journey has taken me two and a half years to one, get financially stable and two, also have the right mindset and capacity to be able to take a bit more of a step back because it, it is very hard um, because for me to take a step back required me to um, basically hire a lot more people and train them up and get them to fill the gaps means that I collectively earn less, means that overall, though, that I have more time. But at the same point is that fine balancing act between um, having someone that is reliable in in that position that you can depend on. So um, that's been a big, big hurdle for me as well and uh, sort of at a point now where it's actually it's quite stable and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask what was your first uh, major breakthrough, but I think you answered that one, which was when you sold that diary. But would you offer up a different answer to the question? 
yeah. So that was a I define that as a fluke sale. Truthfully, like that that gave me the 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 reality check that this is a feasibility and that this is a reality. But it didn't definitely give me uh, any real taste into what e-commerce can really be like. And it wasn't until I found what I define as properly my first winning product, which uh, I didn't make any money out of because I didn't know my financials at all, uh, was a baby gyro ball. You may have seen it, like um, just a plastic. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's part of your uh, it's part of your course. Uh, so I don't even remember. It's a, it's a, it's a stereo <laughs> bowl where you can balance it around, and babies probably have a blast yeah, uh, playing so, with it. Exactly. So that item, and uh, so it was a winning item for me that I that actually uh, sold very well through Instagram to um, to younger mothers, um, and uh, I was selling it for twenty dollars each, um, and a lot of people were buying two or three. Um, at, at any given time, so it was a great item. I just, uh, I just didn't have the skills and mindset to properly be able to scale that product. To, I think uh, I did about fifty thousand in sales, um, and I could have easily done a lot more. But you know, that was that was the the defining moment where I hit you know two thousand dollars in sales in revenue in a in a single day. And you're like, wow, you know, when you think about that, that's sixty thousand dollars a month. And you know, that's that's three quarters of a million dollars in in revenue a year. If I made ten percent of that, I've got a full time income um, after all expenses. And so, you know, for me that sort of really uh, opened my eyes that, you know, uh, from little things, big things grow. And uh, that was mm-hmm. for me the real defining moment if I'll if I'm honest. You know, one thing I'm curious about is if uh, once those uh, bowls really hit the market, if that actually led to a drop in overall sales by the cereal industry because there was less spillage. But that's that's me just like uh, pontificating. You don't have to answer that. I don't think my sales volume was near high enough for that to cause any form of dent, if I would be honest there. <laughs> Fair enough. So one of your uh, key values um which stood out to me when I was first uh, looking into uh, joining the company has been honesty and transparency, uh, which is something that I value a great deal too. Uh, but businesses can get pretty nasty. People uh, could lift material from one another. Uh, ideas can be stolen. Disinformation can be disseminated. Uh, there's bullying. And I, and I don't want to point fingers or anything like that, but what have been your guiding principles for living uh, a good, honest life and doing equally good in your business? Uh, well, as you sort of said yourself, like for me, um, honesty, transparency um, are the two linchpins in my opinion. And then, you know, feedback, you know, like um, uh, feedback is very important. Um, having an, a very open mind is also very important as well. Like um, uh, I, I I, I think that being open to learning new things, open to understanding more about yourself and that you are never perfect and that it's only when you work as a team that um, as an individual, individuals are uh, imperfect, but when you build a team, that's when you start to perfect every one of each other's uh, flaws because we all have them and that's all perfectly fine and natural. That's just a part of life. No one can ever do um, everything in life. So to me, those are sort of the most important things. And again, as I said, to me, just being um, honest and that's why like, I like to tell people, I've always said, uh, that business is never easy. And one of the things that I would say to anyone 
that I've always said and been very passionate about is approach business as if it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Um, business, it doesn't mean you have to have a physical brick and mortar business or e-commerce business. Business is just, you know, you making an income from either your service um, or your product primarily. And always to me, that's where it's always very important to accept the reality that business is incredibly hard. You know, I've been doing this for three years and I, I am uh, very experienced in a lot of areas, but I still find this very hard. Um, I just find it easier, a lot easier than I did three years ago. And, um, and that's why honesty and transparency is so important because, um, you know, if you, if you think that business is easy, you will get burnt in five seconds. Business is a very harsh mistress. It will wake you up in five seconds. It doesn't care about all business, all the business world cares about, as you sort of said yourself, at the end of the day, all business world cares about is money. Okay. It doesn't care about human emotion. It doesn't care about you as a person. It cares about the exchange of ones and zeros between different bank accounts. And that's the harsh reality. And so I've always used that as my foundation. Uh, to how I approach business, that the the very foundation of business is money. So I need to approach it in that regard and that business is very hard. And if I approach it like that um, and always think that business is never going to be easy, then I, I generally find that I come out on top. So that's sort of how I generally sort of approach it. Now, I hope I, I think, did I go off on a tangent there? I think I did, didn't I? Sorry. I'm, I'm quite pro-tangent. I'm all about tangents. Ah, okay. So. Yeah, I'll never stop a tangent. Okay. So when I was when I was putting these questions together, uh, Debutify had one hundred fifteen thousand one hundred seventeen downloads, and that's definitely changed since then because I wrote these questions, I think, like a couple of weeks ago. And I also think it's interesting how fifteen and seventeen, the two numbers we talked about earlier, ended up showing up here. That life is really weird like that. Uh, so theoretically, that's as many new stores on the market. Uh, which is quite a bit. So what do you see for the future of Debutify as well as e-commerce in the next five years? Um, the future of Debutify is going to be changing quite a lot. Um, uh, the, the last 10 and a half months that I've been uh, growing and scaling this company um, has all been laying the foundational work. And uh, by me, for foundational work, as I said earlier, and this was marketing to me is the linchpin um, and uh, so very much building a very versatile um, and strong and stern marketing team. Um, and also then now we're really starting to build on our development team. And uh, that's where things will get really exciting because from the development team, obviously the next linchpin where the, our goal is to now go into complete overdrive in terms of um, uh, there's been a lot of work now done to release a lot more updates. Um, and now once those updates are done and we get that consistent, um, I plan for Debutify to not just be a theme. Um, so I plan to, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm, I, I like to take opportunity when I see it. So Debutify we're going to be developing tons of different apps um, uh, that's all going to be under the Debutify umbrella. Um, and again, the goal is is to bring that all in-house, integrate it all um, so that people have all those tools and resources straight out the gate that they can use uh, as examples, SMS, Messenger, Push, Email Marketing, um, One Page Checkouts, 
thank you page, upsells, um, just to name sort of a couple are all things uh, being worked on, um, influencer marketing tools, uh, video editing tools, graphic design tools, um, all to have embedded within uh, the Debutify umbrella so that at the end of the day, my goal is that people can use the Debutify products and then uh, they pretty much have uh, one source that they go to where they basically use Shopify and Debutify and you have your whole e-commerce business sorted. So that's our, uh, you know, our goal over the next five years is to very aggressively um, invest into all of that and uh, and uh, look at trying to take market share in each of those industries respectively. So that's pretty much sort of how I'm looking at it over the next five years. Well, I think a lot of people are pretty eager to get started. Uh, before they do, what are the anywhere between three to five key things that you encourage entrepreneurs to have ready uh, before they start their debutify uh, so, well, adventure? Can you ask that uh, again in a sec? But you also said as well where I see e-commerce going to be in five years. So I apologize. I uh, forgot about that question too. Oh, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, so e-commerce will be, in my opinion, e-commerce is only going to, especially because of the accelerated growth with the, the COVID, uh, e-commerce is, is now what is many people define as the next big gold rush. Uh, so it's going to absolutely go ballistic. Well, what we're going to see is we're going to see over the next five years, a big continued shift uh, from brick and mortar retail stores to them, a lot of them closing and then purely going to online. Everything's going to, over the next however many years it might take, it's going to continue transitioning to online more and more. So we're going to see an increase in competitiveness, um, marketing competitiveness, because naturally everyone's going to be doing digital marketing. So that means that Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, all of these platforms are going to start to see more competition. And that means for people getting into this space that it's very important that if you do want to uh, enter this space and you do want to build a sustainable business, I would recommend trying to learn and educate yourself on it um, now because it's, it's there's going to be plenty of opportunities in five years' time, but it's going to be a lot more competitive. And so the way I look at it is I want to be geared up, ready for that because in that five years as well, it's going to pretty much, um, I would expect there's just going to be such a huge shift like what we've already seen this year to just everything being online purchased. Because uh, what this year has really done, I look at it, is it's changed culture, our, uh, our cultures at a core fundamental. And uh, so what that means basically is, is you know, historically shopping for a lot of people would still be brick and mortar, which don't get me wrong, that'll always be there. But with everything COVID and people being forced at home and that, it is forcing a cultural change where people are going to um, be shopping online. And once you change the culture of a society, it nearly becomes impossible to change and that becomes the new standard. That's from my perspective. Mm -hmm. So I, that's sort of how I see the e-commerce space continuing to go down that path over the next five years. Does that answer that question? Oh, absolutely. And um, one thing that stuck out to me is that this is the year 2020 and 2020 has colloquially been referred to as, you know, the the number of hindsight. And so it's it's fascinating to me that everyone is stuck in their homes and are forced to reflect more often than they normally do in the year 2020. So I I I, I just thought that was a a pretty interesting coincidence. So uh, I've got a couple of uh, quick ones here that we usually have prepared for guests, but um, we covered a lot of these. So uh, most of these I don't really need to go through, but for the ones that I can do, 
Um, what's one lesson that you would want to teach your former self? You can go back in time and uh, change things. Oh, um, that's a that's a really good one. For me, it would be it would have been doing a lot more research up front. Initially, when I started, I sort of did things on a bit of a whim. I would see something and I'd be like, oh, I'll just market that and it'll, you know, hopefully work itself out. What I've learned is one of the, the very strong foundations to a successful business initially is uh, research. And that, that teaches you about the industry, how the industry works what your customers are like, what your product should be like, how you should market your product, why your product is such a good product, how you can beat your competitors, uh, what platforms you should market it on, and so on and so forth. Uh, so to me, my, my number one lesson that I would say to myself if I would start again is do a lot more upfront research uh, rather than just like seeing a product, marketing it, do a lot of research around that product, understand everything about that product, and then sell it. My experience uh, for myself and many other people I've worked with and clients in that is that the most successful people, let's say, in e-commerce are generally the ones that have a huge, a profound amount of knowledge about their product. It's like it might be just a passion, okay? Uh, let's say that you're into, uh, let's say uh, um, I'm into um, computer parts. I know a huge amount about that. So I'll be able to more confidently try and sell that to to my potential audience of customers because I generally just know a lot more about it rather than a product that I just see and like, oh, I can sell that and make a lot of money. I have no idea about this product. It, it generally is reflected in how you actually market it to them because the more you know about it, the more you can resonate with customers because you personally understand what the customer will be going through. And so that's why, to me, research is probably my biggest hindsight. Mm -hmm. um, what's one business hack that uh, you personally uh, favor that you'd be willing to share with us? A business hack that I favor? Um, well, that's a, that's a bit of a broad one. I'm trying to think about what I could pin that to. There's, there's a lot out there. For me, I would say the biggest business hack is approach business like it. I sort of said this earlier. Um, uh, approach business like it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Uh, I know it sounds incredibly vague and, and useless. So like uh, I... Um, I would personally say that approach business that it's a, a it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's going to challenge your core beliefs. It's going to challenge you to every extent. It's going to um, it's going to change you as a person. And um, so, to me, the biggest business hack is having the right mindset that this is going to be difficult. And if you really want to be successful, you have to be committed, not just for a year, not just for two years. For the rest of your life, um, business is a lifelong commitment, in my opinion. And uh, so my biggest hack that I always apply to myself every day is that every day is going to be a challenge and every day I just need to do it because business is not going to do itself. I have to do it. And so to me, that would be my, my number one tip, uh, business hack, I guess you could say. Amazing. So I think we're just about ready to wrap up. So get do your research up front. Uh, be prepared for a hard but rewarding journey. 
Anything else that we glossed over? Any other advice you would give to entrepreneurs before they get started? Um, not really. Like, well, the thing I well, if I were to say the thing that I'll I'll encourage everyone, regardless of where you're at in your journey, is just be proud of yourself. Um, one of the things that uh, I still do to this day, if I'm honest, and in hindsight I shouldn't, is uh, entrepreneurs can be notoriously hard on themselves, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's always good to be self-reflective and understanding who, what you are, and your strengths and weaknesses. But it's also important that we all understand and respect that, you know, no one's perfect and don't be so hard on yourself. If you see other people succeeding, okay, that's great for them, okay? Um, but remember that they will have gone through just as many hardships as you have. Whether It's just a matter of do you know that reality? Uh, do you know the truth of their backstory? You don't know. So to me, I'll, I just always like to very much encourage people that everyone's journey is is unique. Everyone's journey is fantastic. And you should always be proud of yourself for venturing down this journey into the unknown. The reality is most people don't even try to attempt to get into business because they don't want to fear the unknown, which is fine. Some people want to be like that. But we're entrepreneurs. We, we, we embrace the unknown. And by embracing the unknown, that, in my opinion, is something that you should always be proud of and happy that you're actually doing because it, it is it is very tough. You're going to get a, a lot of people, uh, whether it's directly or indirectly, putting you down about that your decision in life is not the right one, that you should be uh, you should be in a, a nine to five job. Okay, you should be just working a typical job like like most people. And that's why, to me, I always say that you know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely lifestyle at times. And uh, so very important that you should always be proud of yourself. And I very much encourage people to, to network with other entrepreneurs um, and don't get, don't get jealous or um, upset if someone else has more success than you or whatever. Just be proud of where you're at in your journey and just keep doing it consistently and you will see the success, okay? Remember, being in e-commerce and that, um, that everyone, all these marketing and getting sales, it's a skill. It's not a, it's not just some talent people just get. Um, it's a skill. And so with it being a skill, anyone can obtain it, anyone can learn it and anyone can apply it. So as long as you keep doing it consistently, you'll be able to obtain that skill and you'll be able to slowly build the, 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 the lifestyle that you envision that you want to live. Well, that's outstanding. You know, one thing that uh, crossed my mind as you were saying that is, you know, I, I look at the potential of uh, of, of e-commerce and uh, and I see that people can you know do do pretty well with it. And I wonder, you know, what what holds back so many people from wanting to do this too? And I think a, a lot of people um, they don't want to take the initiative. They don't want to be a, um, a leader in something. But because there's a lot more risk involved, whereas people who uh, pick up employment and they work for somebody else. I'm a mix of both, right? You know, I, I, you know, I work for you guys, but I also work for myself too. And people don't want to get, uh, they, they don't want to, they have a lot of the things they have to worry about. Maybe they got kids. So not everybody has the means to, to take the journey. So if you do have the means and you have the desire, you should go for it. Well, it's a, it's an, it's an interesting um, discussion, and I think that 2020 has, uh, uh, to me, um, I speak to my wife about this regularly. Um, 2020 to me has very much highlighted uh, how that being in a nine to five job is not technically a stable job. 
it's not stable. Okay, a number of my friends that have had uh, you know been in large companies have been have been laid off. Okay, and they were in ongoing ongoing full time positions. Being in an ongoing full time position is is not. Uh, it is in some regard more stable than being an entrepreneur in many regards. But if you look at what 2020 has done, millions of people have lost their jobs that have been in a full-time ongoing position anyway. So the definition of stability to me um, has really changed as a result of COVID anyway. And that, you know, uh, being in a job does not necessarily mean, because at the end of the day, as I said earlier, what runs a business is money. If a business isn't making money, then you're probably not going to be employed by that business. Okay. So, you know, the, um, the important thing is understanding that, uh, a nine to five job isn't, isn't a hundred percent. Okay. Just the same as being an entrepreneur. Everything mm-hmm. in life is a risk, in my opinion, no matter what decision you're yeah, making. That's, in life. uh, that's true too. I mean, I think the, the core point I was trying to make is simply like, taking orders from somebody else to, to earn a pay rather than ordering yourself around. But you're, you're oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, nine, uh, full-time positions, depending on the industry, a lot of them have gone under even before uh, COVID. So uh, th- things changed quite rapidly. Well, some people um, just don't, some people just um, don't want to be a leader, as you said, as well. Like it, it can be pretty daunting. Um, some people just step up to being a leader like it's natural. Some people, um, it takes a long period of time to build that confidence and skill set and that too. So uh, it, it's a it's a fine balancing act and it's based on everyone's own exactly comfort zones, I guess. So we hit an hour. Ricky, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're going to get going. No worries. Thanks for uh, letting me on the show. It was, uh, it was an absolute blast. Thanks for your time, mate. I'm glad I could do it. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.